The following audio is from Story City Church in Burbank, California. Thank you for listening. For more information on Story City, you can find us online at storycitychurch.com or on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Story City Church. Amen. Well, you guys go ahead and have a seat. How's everybody doing? Good? Some of you guys showed up really early to get in the shade, and now the shade has become the sun. The early bird does not always get the worm. Well, we're glad you're here this morning. We're back. Doesn't it feel good to be back this morning? Feels like a Backstreet Boys reunion. We're back again, baby. We're back. Well, we're glad that you guys are here. Those of you that are here in Pickwick Gardens and those of you that are watching online, we've heard from many of you guys who said, I don't feel uh, that I can come back just yet, but we're glad that you're joining us online this morning. And uh, those of you who are not here, I just want to say this is an incredible crowd, incredible crowd today. So if you're happy to be here in Pickwick Gardens, why don't you look around at somebody that you know and just give them an air high five, if you will, air high five. So glad you're here this morning. And isn't it glad, isn't it awesome that Tom is on the front row? Look at Tom. He's the only one underneath the tent this morning. Always faithful on the front row. Always. I love you, buddy. Always good to see you. Well, if you happen to bring a Bible today, go ahead and open it up. We're going to be in the book of 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to be in chapter 5, just one verse today. You know, when we started this back in March, around March the 15th, we we pivoted as a church. And uh, in in a matter of about seven days, we we turned this thing around and and we thought at the moment, you know, this is probably like a like a four to six week deal. We're gonna be we're we're gonna be in this new season for, for like six weeks, maybe eight weeks. And and then we're going to return back to normal. But here we are four and a half months later, and uh, we're still in whatever this new normal is. But I want you to know this morning, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for the season that we're in. As long as it's been, I'm thankful to be here today. Are you thankful to be here today? Are you thankful to be here today? You know, as I, as I was preparing for this morning, I was thinking about the seasons of life. I, I, I'm younger some of you guys, I'm, I'm a little bit older than, than others, but, um, but in every season of life, in every season that I've walked through, and, I, and I'm old enough now, I'm sort of in between our, our, our church here and our congregation. I'm not as old, I'm not as young, I'm somewhere in between, but I've lived enough seasons to understand this now. I've lived enough seasons to know that every season in life, whatever you're in, some of you are in the first season of adulting, some of you are in the last season of adulting. But I've lived long enough to know that whatever season you're in, there's challenges and there's joys, right? There's blessings and there's difficulties. There's ups and there's downs. Every season that we walk through has this combination of both of them. And some of them have more than others. Some seasons have more blessings than challenges. Some seasons have more challenges than they do blessings. And so I'm thankful, though, for every season that God has allowed me to walk through. I'm thankful for the seasons that he stretched me. I'm thankful for the seasons where it was obvious that God was abundantly blessing that season. I think about being a young guy in my 20s, fresh out of Clemson University, entire life ahead of me. I remember that season of singleness in my 20s, 
and, and it, was, it, it was a great season. There was challenges and difficulties, even as a single guy in your 20s. You didn't have to convince me to stay up all night with my buddies, play video games, sleep in the next day. I could do whatever I want, whenever I want, wash my clothes, not wash my clothes, eat Taco Bell eight days a week if I wanted to. I could do whatever I wanted. And then there was the other side of being in your 20s and you're wondering, hey, is, is this marriage thing gonna ever happen? Am I ever gonna find the right person? But regardless, I'm grateful for the season of singleness in my 20s. And after the season of singleness, I moved into the newly married season. Some of you guys are newly married. You're newly married and new parents. You just joined two seasons in one. But I remember the newly married season My wife and I had new adventures, new experiences. We went new places. We went on more vacations in the newly married season than all of life in the new parent season. And it was a great season. But the newly married season also had its challenges. There's nothing like being newly married to convince you that you really are a big sinner like your pastor has been telling you. And so whenever I, I, I do uh, marriage counseling with, with young en- engaged adults, I, I tell them marriage is, is going to be the season that's going to challenge you to understand that there's more to life than just you. You got to take care of more than just you in the newly married season. But I'm grateful for life in the newly married season. And then we went from newly married to being newly parents, new parents in that season. In my young 30s, we just celebrated um, the birthdays of my oldest two boys last month uh, in July. My oldest son, Deacon, turned 11. My youngest son, Roman, turned six. Uh, But Deacon and Eden, um, who Eden's my middle child, they were 14 months apart. I probably told this story to you guys before. Um, But first of all, there's nothing like being a parent. If you're a parent here today, we probably all raise our hand and say, there's, there's no joy like being a parent. Of everything I've experienced in life, being a parent brings more joy than anything I've ever experienced. My oldest son and my middle daughter are 14 months apart. And so um, I remember the night that my wife went into labor with, um, with, with our middle child, Eden. It was about one o'clock in the morning. I'd just gotten back from a retreat. I was tired and exhausted, but she woke me up. And um, I don't know if it was because of the, you know, sort of the rush of the moment, blood went to my head, or if I was just nervous, oh my Lord, I'm having two kids within 14 months apart of each other. I don't know what it was, but the next thing I remember was my wife was literally picking me up off the bathroom floor. She was slapping me in the face, trying to get me to come back too. I passed out. I passed out in the bathroom. And so, and so I, I just, I remember I remember there were joys and there were difficulties in the new parenting season, but I'm grateful for every one of those and both of them. And here we are in the current season. I really do believe this is going to be a season like no other that any of us are going to experience in our life. I think there's things that we're going to experience now that we're probably not going to experience in any other part of life. So there's going to be joys in the season. There's going to be challenges in the season, probably more challenges than there are joys. I believe there's parts of our life that will never be the same because of this season. But to be honest with you, it seems like, maybe it's just my perspective, and to be honest with you, I'm preaching a sermon to me this morning, and I want to join you and, and encourage you to join along with me, if you will. But it just feels like this season has just been that constant thud in the back of my head. 
like a bully that's just constantly bullying you. This constant thud in the back of my head. Many of us are probably honest today. Many of us would probably say, I'm having a hard time being thankful in the current season. Can I be honest with you today? I'm finding it harder to be grateful and to be thankful in this season. I know God's sovereign. I know God is in control. I know everything's playing out just like God knew it was going to play out. I don't think God's asleep at the wheel, but I'm, I'm not so sure, to be honest with you, that I'm thankful for all of it. I'm not so sure that, that my heart is satisfied in all of this season. So I want to preach a message today, if I can, and I'm really preaching a message to myself. There's a lot of days I'm preaching a message to you, but I'm preaching to me today. And if this applies to you, I want to encourage you to uh, make application where needed. But I want to preach a message today titled, Thankful in Every Season. Thankful in Every Season. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 18 is the text. It's just one verse. I'm going to supplement it with a couple other verses today. But it's our only verse today. I want to read it to you. The author Paul says, Give thanks in all circumstances. <laughs> for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul's writing in, in a very specific context. And the context in this collective of verses is, is a context where Paul is trying to describe what normal Christian conduct should be. And so he's going to say things that you would, would just naturally expect somebody who's talking about what, what it should look like and what it should feel like and what it should be like for a Christian and for normal Christian conduct. And he's going to say things like love each other and encourage each other. He's going to say pray without ceasing. He's going to say uh, be joyful. He's going to say avoid evil. And then here in verse 18, he's going to say, give thanks in every season. It's this basic Christian conduct command that Paul's going to give us. I've found that in every season of my life, I found that in every season of my life, being a thankful person is not an extraordinary attribute of what it means to be a Christian. It should be an ordinary thing. If we understand the grace of God, we understand what God's done for us. We understand the blessings in our life. Being a thankful person is not an extraordinary attribute that we should possess. It's an ordinary attribute. We, we, our posture as Christians, we should, we should just carry this thankfulness attitude in every season of life, in every condition of life. But may I ask you, <laughs> are you finding it hard to be thankful in this season? Well, Paul understood some bad seasons. He understood some difficult conditions in his life. In fact, he had such difficult conditions that at one point in his life, he's writing a letter to a church. And the church is questioning his legitimacy and his authority. And so Paul felt the need in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 to defend his difficulties in life. Listen to what he says. Listen to how he describes the difficulties in his life. In 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four. he says, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. 
Verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Verse 26, I've been constantly on the move. Then he says, I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and I've often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and I've been naked. He says in verse 28, besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. And yet this guy who had experienced what most of us would probably describe in Western culture is probably some of the most difficult things we could experience. Yet it was this guy who was commanding us and telling us, you know, it's ordinary, not extraordinary. It's usual. It's common that as a Christian, you should be thankful in every season of life. And we're like, really, Paul? Are you serious? Are you kidding, Paul? Do you not understand? I've got to wear a mask at church today. Do you not understand, Paul, that I've got to wear a mask for 22 consecutive minutes when I go grocery shopping, Paul? Are you really serious? Give thanks in all circumstances, Paul. So last weekend, I was, I was on three different planes in three different airports, and I had a four-hour layover in, in Phoenix, and I, 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 don't, I don't know why. Can anybody be thankful with a four-hour layover? And I'm in Phoenix, and I'm sitting at, at the terminal that, that, that I'm waiting on. I'm like, three, I went to get something to eat, and then I've got three hours before my next flight. And literally, there's nobody within three gates of me, within three gates of me. And so I've been wearing a mask since 7 a.m. that morning. It's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I literally have not taken off my mask. And so I'm sitting there, nobody around. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to get some fresh air. And so I took the mask off one ear and it hung from the other ear just in case. You know, it's like I, I recognize I'm supposed. And so I'm sitting there by myself, nobody within three gates. And this flight attendant walks by. I don't mean like right past, I mean like 20 yards past by. And he looks at me. He's got this, this, sort of, this sort of scowl on his face. And he points at my mask. And he's like, and he, I could hear him from underneath his mask. He points at me. He says, put it on. <laughs> and so I walked over to him and I knocked him out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what I wanted to do. I really did. I, I wanted to smack the glasses off of his face. I really did. But I'm a pastor, so I could not. But I want to be honest with you. I was not thankful for that guy. (laughs) I wasn't thankful for that moment. To be honest with you, I was mad at myself for booking a flight with two layovers, one of which had four hours in one single airport. I wasn't even thankful for myself in the moment. I hated COVID in the moment. Still do. I was honestly not thankful. Over the last four and a half months, we've talked about how difficult this season has been. Can I just tell you, I hate wearing a mask. I just hate it. But I do it. I hate wearing a mask. Also, if you were to personality test me and you were to figure out whether I'm an introvert or extrovert, I I sit right in the middle of, of most all of you. 
I, I can be alone for hours at a time, even days at a time. And there are times when I just need to be in a crowd. I sit right in the middle. So there's part of this season where I'm like, you know what? I'm grateful for the time away. But there's part of this season where like, I really hate that I cannot be around people. I hate that I cannot sit down at a table at Dino's Pizza like we've done every Friday night with my family for I don't know how long. I hate to know that some people in our church are struggling financially, physically, emotionally. I hate the fact that some of my friends are leaving and have left town. There's a lot about this season that I just hate. And I think I really mean that word. And I think what's happened, all these things that, I, that I'm not satisfied about, and you're not satisfied about, have had this ability, this effect on, on my ability and your ability to be grateful in this season. There's an old Scottish hymn writer named George Matheson, and he was, he was practically blind at the age of 18. And he prayed once, my God, I have never thanked you for my thorn. I've thanked you a thousand times for my roses, but never once for my thorn. I've been looking forward to a world where, where I shall get compensation for my cross as itself a present glory. Teach me the glory of my cross. Teach me the value of my thorn. Show me that I've climbed to you by the path of pain. Show me that my tears have made my rainbow. I'm preaching to me this morning, but to be honest with you, part of the reason I'm preaching to me is because in most seasons of life, I've gotten used to more blessings than more difficulties. I've been used to having the abundance of God and the things that God wanted to do good in my life and fewer seasons where I've had a lot of difficulty. But I'm having a difficult time this morning thanking God for a difficult season. Paul says... Give thanks, not just in seasons of prosperity. Not just in seasons of abundance, but Paul says, give thanks in trial. He says, give thanks in challenge. Give thanks in difficulty. Give thanks in whatever condition is upon you. Because no matter what happens, God is working together for our good. Psalm chapter 2 verse 9 tells us this. The psalmist, um, Psalm chapter 9 verse 1 and 2 tells us. David is the writer. He's the author. And he says, I will give thanks to you, Lord. With, listen to what he says. I will give thanks to you, Lord. Listen to what he says. With all my heart. I'll tell of your wonderful deeds. I'll be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name most high. David here says, I, I will give thanks with all of my heart. That's a challenge to me this morning because to be thankful with all of my heart is a fruit of God's grace to me. And to you, when I understand God's grace to me, when I know that it's been applied to me, thankfulness and gratitude is the fruit of God's grace. Gratitude and thankfulness is supposed to stand in contrast to a godless world who says, you know what? I'm not grateful. I'm constantly bickering. I'm constantly unsatisfied. I'm constantly grumbling. And what it literally means is that I'm going to 
cast, I'm going to throw, I'm going to cast my gratitude on God. Paul's not just talking about being grateful in your words by looking at someone and saying, hey, I'm thankful. Paul is talking about something way more total total than just in our words, as if it was something like we would say, hey, thanks for opening the door, thanks for buying my meal, or thanks for coming to church. Paul, I mean, the author David here has a much greater meaning when he says, I'm grateful with all of my heart, because heart in the Bible has this idea that it describes the totality of all of our affections. So gratitude in my heart is more than just being grateful with my mouth. It's more than just being thankful in my mind. It's more than just being thankful in my actions because heart in the Bible describes the totality of all of our affections. So Pastor Matt, what does David mean when he says he he gives thanks with all of his heart? What does he mean? So what did David mean there? Well, according to the Bible, this idea of thankfulness, when you parse it biblically, when you read it biblically, this idea of thankfulness is an expression of both our action and our attitude. Now listen to me, this is the key part. It's an expression of thankfulness with our actions and our attitudes and our words. Here's the key part. Because of the satisfied condition of my heart. This may be good to write down, put in your phone or write in your notes or maybe even write beside 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, but thankfulness is an indication that my heart is satisfied. That's how we describe thankfulness biblically. Thankfulness is an indication that my heart is satisfied. If I were just to sit down in a counseling session, which I probably need after this last four and a half months. If I were to sit down in a counseling session and try to parse why it is that I'm having difficulty with thankfulness, I think the counselor would draw out of me. It's because if they were a biblical counselor, they would say, I think it's because you're just, you're not satisfied in this season. When my heart is satisfied, I experience what the Bible calls thankfulness and gratitude. Now listen, the opposite is true. When I'm not satisfied in my heart, I experience what the Bible calls selfishness and pride. Let me, let me try to explain how, how this has worked out through, through, through the pages of Scripture. Let me, let me explain how it works out, how we can get to a season where we're really having challenges expressing difficulty. The first thing we need to understand is that we were created. We were a created people to be grateful. We were created to be thankful. We were created to have gratitude in our heart. It's inherent in how God created humanity that we would exist to appreciate God, that we would exist to show gratitude and thankfulness towards God. Now listen, aren't there a lot of things this afternoon, this morning, to be grateful to God for? I'm grateful to be here today. I'm grateful that God's given me life and breath and health. I came home from the airport and I felt like just crud. I really did. And I endured it for three days. My wife would say, no, you're just a hypochondriac. But I'm like, I'm confident this is COVID. I'm going down. And so on Wednesday, I went to take a test. And on Friday morning, I got woken up at like 7 a.m. You're negative. I'm like, praise the Lord. Thank you, God, for my health. We can thank God that he loves us. We can thank God that he cared enough about us personally, that he takes care of all of our needs in every single season. We can thank God that he meets all of our needs. We can thank God that he gave Jesus his son for us that wipes away every tear. He wipes away every difficulty and gives us blessings. 
The idea is that we were created fundamentally to be people who appreciate God and give thankfulness to God. Listen to some of the scriptures that describe how we should be appreciative and thankful to God. Psalm chapter 95, verse 1 and 2. Oh, come, let us sing to joy, for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence. Here's what the psalmist says, with thanksgiving. Psalm 118, 29 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalm 717, I will give thanks to the Lord. The thanks that's due to his righteousness, I will sing praise to his name, the Lord God most high. And then Psalm 136, verse 1 and 2, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. See, that's how we were created. In good seasons, give thanks to the Lord. In bad seasons, give thanks to the Lord. But the created purpose for which we saw Adam and Eve in the garden was exchanged very rapidly. The, the, the storyline progresses so quickly here. It, it literally goes from, from, like, from, from, from creation to almost immediately fall. Like if you're watching a movie, it goes from something really good happening to something really bad happening. And those two moments are literally juxtaposed against one another. And it goes really bad. The purpose for being grateful to God goes really bad, really quickly in the garden. Adam and Eve gave up on being satisfied, on being, grat- uh, I'm sorry, on being grateful because they weren't satisfied. Adam and Eve failed miserably in the garden at gratitude. Do you know people that are just ungrateful people? Do you know people, don't point at them if they're sitting next to you. Do you know people like that? Heard about them. <laughs> people that just don't say thanks. People that don't write notes, people that are just ungrateful, people that don't write cards, they just don't say thank you. Well, if you're thinking about somebody else's ungratitude for a moment, don't get too puffed up because listen, all of us struggle with ingratitude. It's the way of humanity from the very beginning. It's how this whole thing has played out. Adam and Eve were ungrateful for all that God had given them. He had given them the garden. God had given them harmony at every single turn with every single thing, including himself. And so when we read the story of Adam and Eve, we watch this story unfold where two people who have been given so much in life, here I am preaching and sweating and in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's too hot out here, God. But, but we're, 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 given, we're given all of this by God. And in spite of that, these two people are painfully ungrateful to God. Isn't that where ungratefulness comes from? God, I'm just not satisfied with the gifts that you've given me. God, I I really want something more. And so Adam and Eve are ungrateful people. That's where we get our ability to be unthankful for. Isn't Isn't this so hard for us right now? We're still here, all of us here. We're still here. Those of us are here, we've survived it. Some of us know people and have 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 close family members who are not here, 150,000 haven't survived it, but we're still here, we've survived it, and maybe we're grateful for the physical blessings we have in this moment on August the 2nd in the morning. Maybe in the back of your mind, there's still some other things, there's some material things, some material needs, some material wants that are unmet. We're just dissatisfied with the present condition. 
But thankfully, the Bible gives us a way to know and understand how we can be grateful to God and be satisfied in God with both his physical blessings and his spiritual blessings. And it came in the form of a man named Jesus. You see, God gave us this incredible gift of his son. And Jesus, in spite of our unthankfulness, was the one human who ever existed on the planet who lived a perfectly grateful life to God. He did what Adam and Eve were created to be, but could never do. And so Jesus lives this perfectly thankful life on our behalf. And so Jesus enters into this world of unthankfulness. Can you imagine God created us to be grateful to him? And we couldn't do it. And so God said, you know what? Since you can't do it, I'm going to do it for you. Jesus enters a world of unthankfulness. And Jesus lives this perfectly flawless life of perfect appreciation. And died for our unappreciation, our ingratitude, our inability to be perfectly thankful. You know, if you've ever known a consistently and a genuinely thankful person, if you know somebody like that, maybe you think of them right now. I think Marco on our staffs always seems to be a constantly and persistently genuine and thankful person. If you know somebody like that, then you just have just a smidgen of the perfectly thankful human Jesus. And so Jesus gives us this good gift of his life of perfect gratitude. Now listen to me, listen to me, because we're going to close it up here in a second. So when we have faith in Jesus, when we place our faith in Jesus's ability and his accomplishment to be perfectly grateful to God. Now listen, doesn't, I want you to, I want you to understand, not when we have faith in my ability to be perfectly thankful and grateful, because I'm going to be unthankful and ungrateful way more times in this season probably than I'm not. So I'm not putting faith in my ability to be grateful to God. I'm putting faith in Jesus's ability to be grateful to God. When I put faith in that Jesus, then I'm free to enjoy the blessings of being eternally grateful to God because he's shown favor towards me. The Bible says it's my rightful honor. It's your rightful honor to be consistently grateful towards God. The Bible gives us this idea, this understanding of a prisoner who's set free. That's the greatest illustration of how we should perceive God's favor towards us. This prisoner who's been set free and they understand the amazing grace that God has given towards us. This life of privilege, of enjoying that we were made to be like Jesus. I've got a friend who was a pastor here in Southern California for, for a lot of years. His dad was the pastor at this church. His dad retired, and then he became the pastor of the church here in Southern California. And he's a great friend. I did not know him when he was the pastor here in Southern California. But, but while he was a pastor, he made some major mistakes in his ministry. In fact, the mistakes were so bad that he ended up going to jail for them. And he spent time in prison because of those mistakes that he made while he was a pastor. I didn't know him before he went to jail, but I, I know him now. And last month, I believe it was uh, the 23rd of June, he celebrated 10 years having been released from prison. And I didn't know him then, but I know him now. But if you knew, Phil, if you knew my friend, you would know that Phil is a freed man. 
You know that Phil is, is a grateful man. You know that he understands the grace that God has given him. Colossians chapter 2 says, As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So what's the secret in the season of difficulty? What's the secret sauce in being a grateful person when you're walking through difficult seasons? Well, the secret sauce is this. When I decide to plant myself in the gospel, when I uproot my selfishness and my pride and I dig it all out, I dig it all out and I decide instead to plant myself in the fertile ground of the gospel. I come back to what Jesus has done for me. I come back to what God has done for me. When I plant myself in the fertile ground of the gospel, the incredibly good news of Jesus and his death and his burial and his resurrection, it's then when I have the ability to be persistently thankful in every single season. And I know I'm not thankful when my selfishness and my pride tries to grow. I know I'm not rooting myself in the gospel. But when my heart is satisfied in God, I promise you, when your heart is satisfied in God, I promise you, you will become, I will become a genuinely thankful person. So that's the biblical understanding of Thanksgiving this morning. And I thought we would just try to close this out in the last couple of minutes together. We're going to sing a few songs. We're going to take communion together. If you're home watching online, I just want to encourage you to grab some juice and some bread in this moment. We're going to celebrate that here in just a moment. If you're wondering, we've got prepackaged cups so nobody's drinking out of the same cup or splitting the same bread this morning. But with this understanding biblically of what thankfulness really is, I I thought it would be appropriate just for a moment for our hearts to try to express gratitude and thankfulness for what God has done for us. And I would try to articulate just a few, and maybe for you this morning, if you you got something to write with, or maybe take your phone, maybe you can just write out a few things that you're grateful for. I thought it would be good if I could just share a few with you. I'm honestly very grateful this morning, number one, for a wife that just genuinely loves me unconditionally. This has been a difficult season. And even vacation can be difficult in difficult seasons. You think, man, I'm going to get away from it and it's going to be great. And you get to it and you're like, oh my gosh, I just brought the problems with me. It's really me. And I'm grateful for a a wife that loves me unconditionally. Never once in my life that I've ever thought my wife is going to leave me. She's not going to love me. She's not going to accept me. She's not going to encourage me. I'm extraordinarily thankful with all of my heart for a wife who loves me in spite of all my sin. Number two, I'm thankful for a staff of what I call, I'm talking about a church staff. I'm thankful for a staff this morning of what I call 100 percenters. I I just don't mesh very well with people who just want to do whatever they can to get by. I want to be around people who say, you know what, I'm going to give 110%. It doesn't matter what it is. So back in March, when we pivoted as a church, We pivoted as a church. We became somebody we had not been before. We wanted to be that type of church, but we had some other issues and some other things we needed to focus on. So we said, in a matter of seven days, our staff didn't blink an eye. They didn't hesitate. They said, we're all in. We're going to do what has to be done 
to provide what all of us needed in this season, the ability to still gather together even when we are separate. And so I'm grateful for a staff of 100 percenters this morning. Our kids' ministry, our student ministry has gone above and beyond. I'm just telling you, I told you I'm preaching this sermon for me, so I'm telling you what I'm thankful for. Our kids' ministry has offered some things we've never done before. Our student ministry has been creative and intentional. I'm thankful for our family ministries director. Every single Sunday around 7 a.m., he texts all of our staff this prayer that he's praying for us. He writes it out, and he texts it to us. I'm grateful for a staff of 100 percenters. I'm grateful with all my heart. I'm thirdly grateful for a church for you a church that has persevered so extremely well in this season. You know, over the last month and a half or two months, we've really been talking about this issue of unity and division and what it looks like as a church to live together even when we disagree. And I just want to say the normal normal story of churches is that people are cynical and they're and they're skeptical and there's this general sentiment in most churches that they're just skeptical, but I've been in ministry long enough to know that what we have here at Story City Church is not the typical thing. And I'm grateful for that today. Uh, A couple weeks ago, my wife got a text from somebody in our church. I believe she's here today. I think I saw her come in today. And she just said, hey, I dropped something off on your front porch. She's done this multiple times during COVID. She knows that Mike gets like, uh, or love, like is not appropriate, love orange chicken from Trader Joe's. There are days they love orange chicken from Trader Joe's more than they love me, I'm sure. She knows that. She's the epitome of gratefulness and generosity and kindness. And I'm grateful to be a part of that kind of church who's persevered so well in the middle of a really difficult season, a church that welcomes people so well, a church that desires to know the Lord so well. I'm grateful for a loving church with all of my heart. And then finally, I'm going to close. Can I just say I'm grateful for this moment? There are a lot of days when I have to wake up. And if your personality is like mine, my, my personality is, is already looking forward. I, I'm anxious for the day when we can do this again permanently. Like I, my mind always lives there. I'm always in the future somewhere, like two months down the, I'm always, but I have to remind myself some days, God, I'm grateful for this moment. I'm grateful to be here today. I'm thankful that I'm surrounded by brothers and sisters in Jesus. The gift of today means that yesterday wasn't final. The grace of Jesus means today I don't have to run from God when I'm, when I'm an idiot, when I'm a terrible dad and a terrible husband. I don't have to run from God. I can run to Him because of my sin yesterday. I can run to Him. I can live fully in the grace of God today. I don't know if you can say this, but I'm grateful for this moment that God has given us. I want to close and our, our, our guys are sing just a couple songs and we're going to take communion together. May I ask you, is your heart satisfied today? Are you satisfied in the depths of your soul and the totality of who you are and your affections and your mind, your action, your words? Are you satisfied in your heart? If you're not, I I want to point you to Jesus. I want to point you to the gospel. I want to point you to the good news. I want to encourage you to plant yourself firmly in the message that Jesus, the perfectly thankful human, died on our behalf 
so that I could have faith in his ability, not in my ability to be perfectly thankful. So I don't have to walk around like a dog with the tail beneath my my legs when, when I'm not perfectly faithful. Why? Because Jesus was, and it's not faith in me, it's faith in Jesus. So if you're not satisfied in your heart today, may I point you to him. Faithfulness in Jesus. Maybe in, in the last few minutes that we have together, whether you're online or whether you're here in person, maybe we just take a moment to allow the condition of our heart to verbally express our gratitude towards God. And finally, let me just close by saying, I'm sure there's some of you here this morning who have never trusted your life to Jesus, whether you're online, whether you're here in person, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never trusted your sin to him. You've never come to him and said, Jesus, I recognize my sin has separated me from you. I've been putting trust in myself, my ability to be better, to be good, to be something different. But today, Jesus, I realize that I can't do enough. I can't be good enough. I can never live up. And so Jesus, today, I ask you and I trust in you to forgive me of my sin and I trust what you did on the cross for me. If you've never done that, everything else I said today brought you to that. Give your life to Jesus today. Spend a moment in prayer right here where you are and just confess your sin to him. Ask him to forgive you and save you. There's nothing magical or mystical about it. I don't stand you up, make you say anything you don't want to say. It's simply this moment you come before God and you ask him to forgive you of your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, to save you today. And when you do so, listen to me, when you do so, it's a watershed moment. You're now on the right side of grace and nothing can ever change that. Would you give your life to Jesus today? Let's pray together. God, we love you. God, grateful this morning that you lived a perfectly thankful and a perfectly grateful life. So God, today I'm tired of trying to muster up enough thankfulness and enough gratitude to somehow believe that things are okay. God, forgive me of trusting and having faith in the wrong person in myself. God, I want to have faith in your ability to be perfectly grateful, perfectly thankful, Today, would you plant all of us in this difficult season in the firm ground of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen.